Welcome to Annersbrook Church. We hope that this message from our senior leader, Brent Lieberzeit, empowers and encourages you. To hear more from our church, make sure that you subscribe or visit our website at annersbrook.co.nz for a service near you. Habakkuk chapter 3. Only three chapters of Habakkuk. There's not really too much to say about Habakkuk, except that he was one of the old school prophets. Uh, But as an old school prophet, he kind of was in a a lot of dismay. And I want to talk about um, this incredible, even though we don't really know much about Habakkuk, I'm going to share with you a scripture that you probably all know. And you've probably uh, all heard before. In fact, there's two really well-known scriptures in Habakkuk of those three chapters that uh, that have been used uh, hugely, and I may share those with you. In fact, I'm going to share with you the first one. And it's actually in Habakkuk chapter 3, verse 17 to 19. Though the cherry trees... Oh, I always thought it was fig trees. Oh, what version's that? The message. Oh, okay. Oh, let's go to the message. That's quite different, isn't it? Though the cherry trees don't blossom and the strawberries don't ripen. Strawberries? What the heck? (laughs) Though the apple trees are worm-eaten. What? And the wheat fields stunted. Though the sheep pens are sheepless and the cattle barns are empty. I'm singing joyful praise to God. I'm turning cartwheels of joy. Oh, I love that. Hang on, let me show you. Sorry, I haven't read this before. I just get so excited when I read something new, you know, like, okay, I'm singing. Can anyone else do a cartwheel? Would anyone like to do a cartwheel right now? I'm turning cartwheels of joy to my Saviour God, counting on God's rule to prevail. I take heart and gain strength. Let me read to you from what I've got on my notes. Is that all right? Though the fig tree may not what? And there be no fruit on the vine. Though the labour of the oil may fail and the fields yield no food, though the flock may be cut off from the fold and there be no herd in the stalls, yet will I... (coughs) Yet will I... Yet will I... I don't know if you know our situation and our situation probably pales into insignificance for most people. Uh, But we are in a difficult situation at this time. We have our house that is kind of had a hill fallen behind it and uh, since August last year, it's been nine months now, we've heard nothing uh, from anybody in regards to getting the thing fixed. I've sent emails and things like that. And, uh, and by the way, you know, when you're in such turmoil, I don't know if you've, you, know, uh, you can have experienced a similar thing, but maybe you've experienced some things that are similar. Or not even similar, but you've experienced things in your life. And when you're in turmoil, there's only so much you can pray. Have you ever noticed that? Like, what more, what more do I pray? What more do I plead for? What more do I beg for? What more do I ask? What more do I even declare? And, uh, and it gets to a point where you're actually totally done with praying. I, I, um, even the other day, Viv and I were praying. We were walking on the beach and we were praying and I actually didn't know what to pray. Ever got to that point? I mean, you know what you need, but... but But God already knows it because we've been praying for it for nine months. Believing for a breakthrough for nine months. People say, you need a break. I said, no, I don't need a break. I need a breakthrough. That's what I need. 
And, uh, and so I'm believing for the breakthrough still. But let me just share with you Habakkuk's story because in Habakkuk chapter 1, there's incredible turmoil going on in his, in his life. He was, he was really disappointed with what was going on. I mean, he was a prophet, you know, so he spoke the things of God to the Israelite people. Uh, but what he saw with the Israelites was there was just so much stuff going on, so much uh, sin going on, and God wasn't doing anything about it. And so he was upset. He was in turmoil. And uh, maybe some of you might not, you might not be upset about that particular issue, but you might be in turmoil yourself right now. So what does he do? He prays. And he's praying, and he's praying, and he's praying. Chapter 1, chapter 1 of Habakkuk, he's praying, praying hard, desperately trying to get God's thing on it, can't understand why God isn't doing anything about it. And then he goes into chapter 2, and what does he do? He says this, he says, uh, uh, anyway, he says this, he says, I'm going up to the watchtower because I've had enough of praying. I'm going to see what God's going to (laughs) do. I really like that because I kind of feel like that's where we're at at the moment. Chapter two, chapter one's the turmoil. Chapter two is the place where you find that you've actually run out of words and you kind of got to go up to a a watchtower, kind of got to go somewhere and just watch. And just watch, just see what God's going to do. God, I've prayed, I've sought your face. I'm still going to do that anyway, absolutely. But there's got to be a time and a season where my words are worn out. Stop babbling on. In actual fact, now's the time to watch. What am I watching for? I'm watching for what God is going to do. And here's another scripture that you'll all uh, be interested in because you all probably know it because I'm going to the watch out to see what God is going to do. And God speaks to Habakkuk and says, write down the vision, write down the revelation and make it plain so that people can run with it. And I thought, oh man, this is so awesome because I reckon that even for most of us who have been COVIDized over the last three years, where you've actually just been in a place where you've been surviving. God wants to release vision again into your life. But you've got to get into the watchtower and you've got to begin to listen and watch and see what God wants to do. And having the ability to do that, I don't think it's terribly hard. I don't think you need a tower. I remember in the 70s or the 80s, Oral Roberts, who uh, was a great preacher in days gone by, but, uh, you know, he he, uh, built a tower and he would go up and pray in that tower. wouldn't come down for days or weeks or months. I don't know if that's really what we all need to do is build a tower like that, but definitely a tower in our own hearts. A tower that we go to where where we reside in while we wait. What do you do while you wait? Build a tower. Find a place in God, where you can just sit there and go, okay, God, I'm watching what you're going to do now. I've prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed. I've sent emails, people. (laughs) I have done what I can do. People say, oh, you know, the squeaky wheel's the one that gets all the answers. Okay. Been there, done that. Come to realise that uh, God's bigger than anybody else on this planet. And if God is in control, then I'm done with squeaking to God. And so I'm now watching and I'm now waiting and I will rejoice in the meantime as I watch and I wait. Uh, Habakkuk is probably 
very similar to many of us who represent us here this morning, those of us who love God, but have some doubts. That was Habakkuk, prophet. Someone who loves God, but has some doubts. Someone who trusts God, but it's hard sometimes. We believe His Word, but the situation seems otherwise. We know He's there, but we can't always find Him. We know He lives, but situations crowd around us and it seems like God is not paying attention. By the way, the name Habakkuk means to wrestle. It means to embrace and to wrestle. We know of a great story in the Old Testament, another story where Jacob did what? He wrestled with God. And I would like to say that a faith that's worth having is a faith that's worth wrestling over. Let me say that again. A faith that's worth having is a faith that's worth wrestling over. See, I do not always understand God. I'm not always sure what He's up to. And I struggle with what it is as a Christian because I know in whom I believed. I struggle in this turmoil. I struggle uh, watching to see what God is going to do because, uh, because, uh, 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 because of the doubts and the questions that I have in my life, in my, my mind, and yet I know. I know in whom I, am, I have believed in and I know who I have been persuaded by. I am persuaded by Christ. But still as His child, as His friend, as His servant, and even as His, as his son, there are times when I question what he is doing. In Habakkuk chapter one, as I said, he's in turmoil. Things are going crazy with the Israelite people and he's wondering why God isn't up to something, why God isn't doing something. Then in chapter two, God begins to speak to him as he's in that watchtower. And God says, write the vision and make it plain. It shall speak and will not lie. <laughs> I love that. Get the vision for your life. It'll speak. And it will not lie. When I was 13 years of age, I saw myself preaching in this massive conference. It was about 2,000 people, young people there. Uh, it was in the Michael Fowler Centre. And, uh, and it was a moment. I was in the back row pretty much, or maybe the second, third back row of the place. And I suddenly had this vision of me standing on the stage speaking. Now, uh, now you've got to understand, at that age, I didn't speak at all. Like, I was not... Um, I was not a good communicator. In fact, the teachers would go and see my parents and say, hey, there's something wrong with this kid. Uh, and, you know, why is he not sharing? Why is he not asking? And I, I, it, but as soon as I got a guitar, you know, kind of like sang and, and it all was good. But as soon as I stopped playing the guitar and someone asked me a question about, hey, Brent, why don't you share your testimony or share your story or share something about what God's been doing in your life? I'd just go blank. Blankety blank. Seriously Blank. I don't know why it really was so frustrating because so many people around me were able to communicate so well. Here I was, not able to communicate at all. See what the Lord has done. Um, and so, so the vision has always been there. I don't know if I wrote it down, but it's, I think I wrote it down in my heart because I've always remembered it and it's become a reality in my life. Look, get the vision, write it down. It will speak and will not lie, it was, I'm gonna show you, uh, God says to Habakkuk, I'm gonna show you my glory. I'm gonna show you what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna show you Habakkuk, how I can take your doubts and turn them into shouts. Anybody got a shout on this morning? 
I'm going to take your doubts and turn them into shouts. I love that. And, uh, and that's exactly what He wants to do. If you've been walking with the Lord for a while now, if you've been trusting God in the middle of your situation, whatever situation it may be, if you've been watching God move stumbling blocks and obstacles and open doors and answer prayers and dry tears, if you know He can make a way out of no way and heal your body, God can turn your doubts into shouts. Any shouters here that used to be doubters? Probably most of us, I would say. If you trust and never doubt, He will surely bring you out. Oh yeah, that's a good one. Yes, He will. He will provide. My God will provide. Uh, Two months ago, we were invited to house sit our neighbour's place next to our house. Our neighbours, all our neighbours are in, in their houses around us, so... Uh, it was appropriate to be in those houses. They're not red stickered or yellow stickered. We're the ones that are yellow stickered. Uh, so they're all in their houses. They were going away for a month, so we got to uh, we got the blessing of being in there and looking at our house every day wasn't totally brilliant, to be honest, but we could still look at the ocean, which was great. The next month, the neighbours next to us on the other side of, the, of our property, uh, they were away in the Greek islands. Uh, be nice to be that right now as well. But anyway, that wasn't for us. But they said, hey, you can have your house for a month. Uh, Pete and Cheryl Lang from here, from, uh, <laughs> don't know why I said that. Anyway, um, they said, hey, look, you can, have, you can have our house for the next whatever. We're, we're going to come back sometime. But make sure that when we, you know, when we do come back that, you know, it's our house, it's not yours. Oh, okay, sure. <laughs> we get it. Uh, But the blessing of God in that has been pretty huge and we're very, very, very grateful. But He will pick you up. He will heal your broken heart. He will make a way. He will be a father for you. He will take back what the devil stole from you. He will feed you. He will clothe you. He will look after you. But you've got to write it down. You've got to get the vision and write it down. It shall speak and not lie. God wants to show you His goodness He wants to increase your faith and your trust in Him. And when you see it, chapter two, write it down so others may run with it. Get the revelation, get the vision, write it and make it plain. It'll speak of the end. It'll speak of the end and not prove false. Though it linger, wait for it. It will certainly happen and will not delay. Oh, so what do we do? Let's watch. Let's see what happens. What else can we do? <laughs> right? So chapter three. Though the fig tree does not blossom and there be no grape on the vine, yet will I rejoice in the Lord. There's a construction kind of idea on this in regards to the fact that there is a, um, what do you call the, the, you know, the trusses? Yeah, trusses. Yeah, we'll talk about trusses. When you're, when you're building a roof on a house, you, you've got to put the trusses up. Um, but the trusses have to have load-bearing beams. Those load-bearing beams keep the trusses up. All right, you, you with me? The trusses are those kind of angled things that hold, you know, and then you put the tiles on top of the trusses kind of thing. Okay, cool. I'm not a builder, but anyway, that's what I've seen. Pretty simple, really. <clears throat> but the load-bearing beams um, uh, refer to, I think, the yet in our life. When we look at this text, and the trusses would have to be the although, or the those in our life. So the trusses in this text is the word though. The load-bearing beam in this text is the word yet. 
Because if you don't have the load-bearing beams, what's going to happen? The house is going to collapse. The roof's going to collapse. You've got to have load-bearing beams. The load-bearing beam in this text is the word yet. The trusses is the word though. And if the load-bearing beam gives way, the whole construction in the text will come down. So let me show you. Though the fig tree does not blossom, what's the load-bearing beam? Yet. It's yet. You with me? Though there is no fruit on the vine, though there is no cattle in the stall, although I may be broke, although I might have a bad diagnosis from the doctor, although my kids might be in trouble or they may just simply be trouble, (laughs) although I may have lost a loved one, though I may be in divorce proceedings, though I've had no sales the last month, though no work right now, yet will I what? Yet will I rejoice. Yet will I praise God. Yet will I give thanks to Him. Although it may be looking grim, yet. I know God can save me. And even if He does not, yet will I put my trust in Him. I may be troubled on every side, yet not in distress. I may be, though perplexed, yet not in despair. Though persecuted, yet not forsaken. Though cast down, yet not destroyed. Whatever is going on in, in my, 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 uh, my through, or though, sorry, in my though, thank God for my yet. Every one of you who may feel like you're in the though, Can I encourage you in your yet? Are you yetting in your though? (laughs) Though it may not look good. Habakkuk says, I'm going to get into this tower and I'm going to watch. I'm going to wait until I see and hear God. What are you going to do, God? You're going to prove yourself? Going to show yourself faithful? Absolutely, He will. And absolutely, He is. You know what God's going to do? In the middle of your situation, He'll, come, he'll, he'll turn up and He'll turn the battle into your favour. See, it's not the size of the dog in the fight. It's the size of the fight in the dog. Well, what do you mean, Brent? Well, I think we've got to be strong. It's not a fake thing. We're strong, not in our situation or our circumstance. We've got to be strong in God. Yeah, we've got to pray. Yes, we've got to stand up on the inside while we're waiting, while we're in the watchtower. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Even though, though, the trusses, even though my, my enemies and my foes come against me, yet they stumble and fall. Though, though the enemy encompasses around me in this, yet, I will be confident. One thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek, that I will dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. Why? For in the time of trouble, He shall hide me. We can trust God. The enemy can see you. 
but they can't get their hands on you. They want you, they're mad with you, but nothing is gonna stop you because even in the presence of my enemies, God prepares a table. He anoints my head with oil and my cup is running over. My cup is running over. Yeah. Three things to understand that will keep you yetting in your though. Number one, God's sovereignty never changes. We just sang about that in that new song. The sovereignty of God, He is sovereign. God's sovereignty never changes. I may not be able to rejoice in my situation, but I can rejoice in my Lord and my King because He is my sovereign. And come on, everybody, you know, for, for many of us, we've been through so much. There's no turning back now. God has been so good. God has opened so many doors that you can't make me doubt Him because I know too much about Him. <laughs> He's opened doors. He's made ways. He's dried up red seas for me to walk through. He's built arcs that have saved me. He has answered many prayers and greater is He that is in me than He that is in the world. We are more than conquerors through Him that loved us. God's sovereignty never changes. Seasons change, people change. But His sovereignty never changes. Number two, not just His sovereignty change, never changes, but His salvation never ceases. Oh, oh, this is awesome. God is always looking for an opportunity to save you. He is wanting to save you more than you are wanting to be saved. God will sometimes save you even before you know you're saved. Because you've been elected, you've been chosen. God has just picked you up. He went to where you were at and He just picked you up. He adopted you. Salvation is a gift from God, not of works that any man or woman should boast. We are all on an even playing field here. Not one of us has the right to look down on anyone else because you have been gifted salvation. You didn't earn it. You haven't earned it. His salvation never ceases. There is, there is nothing of my doing that says I ought to be where I am right now. It's all by the grace of God. God just decided to pick me up. Nobody else but Jesus. Great is His faithfulness. Great is His faithfulness because His salvation never ceases. That means God, once God saves you, He can keep you saved. So you might feel like you can be manipulated, stimulated, motivated and activated by the devil. Once God saves you, there's a sign above your soul that says, I'm under new management. True? And even what that means is even when I don't feel saved, I know I'm saved. Even when I don't act saved, I know I'm saved. Because He said, they that I hold in my hand, the devil in hell cannot pluck them out. I am sealed to the day of redemption. See, the blood still works, folks. You think you just took some grape juice this morning? Yes, you did. Practically, great thing to do. But the reality is you're sharing in the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus that washes away all my sin, that cleanses me and empowers me now and enables me to walk in such a way that I've never walked before. God has done something in my life because of His blood, the blood of Jesus. There's so much I could preach on the blood of Jesus. It reaches to the highest mountain 
It flows to the lowest valley. That blood that gives me strength from day to day. It will never lose its power. It will never lose its power. The blood of Jesus that bought you will never lose its power on your life. Remember this, your salvation is only as good as the one who secures it. Your salvation is only as good as the one who secures it. You think your money in the bank's safe? Well, Brent, it's secured. It's secured by the government. The government have an insurance policy. It's going to help us in the end of the day if the banks go tipsy-topsy. Yeah, but what's if the country goes tipsy-topsy? What have we got then? The country could go broke. We could lose the value of the dollar and the market could crash and you could lose everything. You deposit, your, your deposit in the bank is only as secure as the one who secures it. You have the faith and trust in the New Zealand banking system, but that could fail tomorrow. But faith in God, my soul is anchored in the Lord. My salvation is in the Lord. I am His and He is mine. God sent Jesus to save me. He died for my sins, rose from the dead for my justification, went back to the Father and sent the Holy Spirit to secure my salvation. My salvation is secured in Him. Praise the Lord. I will keep Him in perfect peace, he or she whose mind is stayed on me. His sovereignty never changes. His salvation never ceases. Number three, His strength never crumbles. His strength never crumbles. When you leave the turmoil and you're waiting, waiting in chapter one and chapter two, you go to the triumph of chapter three. That's what we're believing for, right? Is the triumph of chapter three. And by the way, chapter three is a song. Habakkuk prays not a prayer for deliverance because that happened in chapter two, but it's a song of rejoicing. Though there be no whatever that word song is. Anyway. <laughs> because there are three words in chapter three that has the same word as you find scattered in the book of Psalms. Really interesting, the book of Psalms and the book of Habakkuk, particularly chapter three, there's a word that's the uh, same word as registered in both. And it's the word selah. Selah, have you heard of the word selah? Selah, Habakkuk writes some verses and he puts the word selah. Then he writes a few more verses, again puts the word selah. Then he writes, them, writes a few more verses again in chapter three and it's again the word selah, which means that after he thinks about, remember he's in the watchtower, remember he's, he's, he's actually seeing now God at work. There's a, there's a triumphant thing going on. And after he thinks about God's goodness, that word selah means to stop a minute and to shout and to pause and to praise. To shout, pause and praise. When was the last time you paused and praised? I'm not talking about church on a Sunday, that's easy. I'm talking about a Monday morning. When you know you don't get paid till Friday, but you'll pause and praise Him anyway. Because you know God is your provider. And everything that you have and need is from Him. He will sustain you. He will feed you and clothe you. And you should pause and give Him thanks and give Him praise. When the doctor said, we're going to do all we can do, and you're here now and you're all healthy and fine, did you pause and give thanks to God? Selah, pause and praise. What about looking back 20 years ago and seeing where you were and how God picked you up 
from a depressed, hopeless, messed up life. God got you on your feet, forgave you, took all your sins away, blotted out all the mistakes you made. Look where you are right now. There was nobody but Jesus. Did you stop to pause and to praise? Then Habakkuk finishes, gets through chapter three and gives it to the director, the music director. Says it in the scripture there. In other words, he didn't want us just to read it. He wanted us to sing about it. It's all part of the pause and praising. Since God is good, even when things around us are not so good, He is good. Then it's time to get the musical instruments out, including the greatest instrument of all, your voice. Time to pull out all stops. Remember all stops? The word all stops actually comes from an old organ. (laughs) They used to have this thing called stops. Don't know what they did. Do you know what they did, Isaac? Do you remember? Oh, they actually did that. Oh, just what you did. So we pulled out all stops right there. Oh, that's amazing. That's what he was doing. So he, so he pulls out all stops. And it's time to pull out all stops on you, on your life. And to use your voice and use what God's given you. To bring glory to Him. No matter what, no matter what. You might have a though going on, but in the though, never forget the yet. He is sovereign. He's in charge and in control. His salvation never ceases and His strength never crumbles or collapses. He's worth praising. Don't just clap your hands. Don't just shed your tears. God wants you to open your mouth and give Him praise. Tell Him thank you. All right, let's do this, Isaac. I'm gonna grab a guitar, we're gonna sing some songs. Is that all right? I'd sing some oldies. Is that all right? Some of you will think these are new songs that I've written, but no, they were already written about a hundred years ago. So I'll put them on the screen so you can hear them, but it really is, you know, in these moments, it's a time to pause and to praise. It's a time to pause and to think about, to thank really a God who we know is sovereign. Salvation never ceases. We're always in a work of salvation. There's always a work of salvation going on in our lives. And there's a strength that never never collapses. What a fellowship. What a joy divine. Mm. 
Verse. We'll do the course at the end. AJ, you all right with this? Going good? So far, so good? Oh, how sweet to walk in this pilgrim way, leaning on the everlasting arms. Oh, how bright the path that grows from day to day, leaning on the everlasting arms. Love this next verse, this is so cool. What have I to dread? What have I to fear? Leaning on the everlasting arms. What a blessed peace with my Lord so near, leaning on the everlasting arms. Here we go. Like sea pillows roll 
coming up against this week in your life. His sovereignty never changes. His salvation is always near. It never ceases. And God's strength never crumbles. How many of you in this room know that God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you can even ask or even think? How many of you know that eye has not seen, ear has not heard, no mind has conceived, nor has it entered into the heart the good things that God has in store for those who love Him? And we know all things work together for good to them that love God and those who are called according to His purpose. Let not your heart be troubled, yet believe in God, Jesus said, believe also in me. Weeping may endure for a night time, but joy shall come in the... If you be not weary in doing good in due season, you will reap if you do not faint. We're gonna pause and give God praise. Because the Lord can make a way where there is no way, where there's been no way. He's our way maker. He's our healer. He's your forgiver. He's your freedom. He's your power to overcome. He will hold you. He will keep you. He is your provider. So come on. Let's pause and thank Him. Let's pause and give Him praise. Although the fig tree will not blossom, though there is no fruit on the vine, though there is no cattle in the store, yet I will rejoice, yet I will rejoice. I know it looks bad, but you can praise your way out of it. I know, I know it looks like it's not nothing going on, but you can praise your way around it. Because He is my strength and my salvation. He has become my source. He's a strong tower. He is a way maker. He's a heart fixer. He's a mind reckoner. He's a bridge over troubled water. Everything that you need is in Jesus Christ. God will sustain you. God's peace will guard your heart. God delights over you with singing. God will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. God is your refuge and your strength, your help in time of need. In all things, you are more than a conqueror because God loves you. God will never leave you nor forsake you. God's perfect love casts out all your fear and nothing, nothing, nothing shall separate you from His love. Nothing shall separate you from His love. Father, I thank You for this morning. I pray we would know what it is, Lord God, in these last few moments, what it is to stand in Your presence and to pause in praise, 
to stand in your presence and to pause and to give you thanks. Because you've turned our grave into garden. You've turned our mourning into dancing, our sorrow into joy. And we give you thanks. Come on, everybody, why don't we stand together? Let's sing this together. We hope you enjoyed this message. If you're wondering what the next step in your faith journey looks like, please get in touch with us. Email us at info at or visit our website.